no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. You had a Chiefs-Lions Super Bowl matchup that would have paid 39-1. to 1. Yep, uh, and, that, an, and, a, and an NFC Championship ticket. That does put a damper on things yep. when you're on the Lions side here. And I was a Lions backer, and I would, even though we're on the scores page and there's a lot of Chicago fans out there, I mean, come on. If you're not rooting for the Lions, there's something wrong with you. They were such a likable, lovable team. And I just tweeted this out before we started. I've never seen the opinion on a coach change more in a half. Pete Carroll had the opinion on him change with one play. So that's the all-time record in the Super Bowl. This was a half. Halfway through the game, Dan Campbell was going to get a key to the city in Detroit. They were going to build a statue of him. He's going to go, he was going to go down in NFL history as the author and architect of this incredible turnaround. And some of those things will still be true, but they are going to be second guessing his decision making in the second half of the game in Detroit for decades. It becomes now, it becomes now the most debated and talked about thing in Detroit sports history. More than yeah. anything else in their history, more than Red Wings games, more than Tigers World Series, more than Detroit Pistons, Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas moments, this now, what we just watched, is going to be the thing that Detroit sports fans talk about with their brothers and grandkids and spouses-to-be and all those things forever, Danny. So my suspicion is that there's actually going to be a local national split. They obviously will debate it. But I think that he's going to get crushed nationally more than he gets crushed locally because the players are going to come out and support him. He's going to come out and say, this is the dance with the girl who brung you. This is how we did it all year. This was their mindset. This was their mantra. This was their philosophy. And it backfired. But I got to say, I was surprised that the analytics the fourth down bots, supported both calls. I would have kicked to go from up 14 to up 17. But a 45-yard field goal is not automatic. I would have thought that that was a kick spot with the analytics. The analytics actually say that that's a go-for-it spot. And same late. Now, obviously, when you lose by three and you pass up two field goals and you go 0 for 2 on those fourth downs, People are going to play the results and plenty of people first guessed him and he is going to get a ton of criticism. But if you do it one way all year, Kevin Clark had the best tweet about this. If you do it one way all year and then you change, that's how you become Brandon Staley. Oh that's my God. You- I, but I, that, 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 that's such a, that's a, that's such a like kind of a caricature of the situation to compare it to him. Um, to me, but I, I what I'm saying is, is that Brandon Staley heard the criticism and then stopped being who he was. Okay. But I don't think that the two kicking situations are the same whatsoever. Uh, I understand why the analytics would tell you in the third quarter when it's a 14 point lead to get two yards. I get that. It is one of the things that got left out of the conversation. I like Burkhart and I like, uh, 
Olsen a lot. I like yeah, both of those guys. They're, they're, very, they're very good by NFL broadcast. Can I get at some point in this game by one of them? Now, I think CBS takes it too far. I don't need Jay Feely on every AFC championship game. I don't need some kicking expert on the sideline. I think that's overkill. But can one of these guys point out that the Lions have a kicking problem? Badgley has been on their team for like four games. They've rotated kickers this year. Correct. It's not just that Campbell is this gung-ho, go for it all the time. They don't have a guy that they believe in. And that never came up. That's a bad, that's an oversight on them. That had to be part of the conversation and it wasn't. 100%. I was in group text with people saying, is their kicker injured? Do no, Badgley is just not no, good. I know. I know. And then know. the other, and then and the reason why I say they're they're not the same. The second one is you're down three late in the fourth quarter. That that situation and what the analytics call for it there to me should be different than what it says with 20 minutes of game time left. You've got to try to tie the game and extend the game and keep the game going. So that one I thought they needed to they needed to kick on even with the shaky kicker to try to tie the game. And the other thing I'll say about Campbell and, oh, the player, like, you know, maybe locally they won't get on him as hard as they will nationally. Another problem for me with what happened on that first uh, fourth down miscue and the Reynolds drop is I felt like the team from that moment on wilted. They were a rattled football team, and that goes back to Campbell. Campbell is supposed to be the guy that after Reynolds drops the ball, he says, who gives an F? Who gives a bleep? We're still up two scores. Let's go win this thing. And I thought that team succumbed to the pressure of the moment. And I did not expect that. No, no, no. That, that was actually going to be team. my like my biggest point from the game. After the Reynolds drop, I mean, dude, Vildor off the face mask. Purdy, Houdini act, escaping sacks when he's in the grasp and then hitting the dude on the sideline. For the toe tap, another Reynolds drop. Like momentum is incorrectly used. I think it's confidence. Reynolds drops the ball. They miss the fourth down, and Niners' confidence spikes. And you would have expected Lions' confidence to say, "F it, who cares? We're going to be fine." Golf started playing tight. Reynolds drops another one. And it just felt like, I mean, dude, the Niners had 27 unanswered points. It was reasonable to think that you needed touchdowns against that team. And the Lions just, they no-showed. They no-showed the second half. That was one of the worst quarter and a halfs of football that they played all year. And they did it in the NFC Championship game on the road. I don't understand how they don't run the ball in one of those situations, especially the fourth and two, given their offensive line, given the way that Gibbs had played to that point in the game, that was before the the fumble later on. Yeah, if you're going for it, don't don't give it to a statue of a quarterback who can't move. Yeah, yeah like I, that's I, I I was perplexed by that part of the decision. Um, I I real bless you, bless We're you live. again. Thank I you. really did not understand. What are they doing running the ball down 10 at the goal line? That was that was honestly, that was the worst decision of the three. Because if what happens happened, you need to burn a timeout. And then having two timeouts means nothing. 
The only thing that gives you a chance is three timeouts, so you have to pass the ball in that spot. That was insane. That was that 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 was to me actually the most indefensible of all of the coaching decisions. Now they were probably going to lose at that spot anyway, but that is a you cannot do it. So I don't know if Ben Johnson has full autonomy there or if Campbell green lights a run call, but that can't happen. That that is just a zero percent. You cannot defend it. And I do think that they need to make up their minds in the NFL and say, okay, do we like do we like that whenever a team is in a two-possession game late like that, it's effectively over because onside kicks are impossible to recover? Or at some point do we see them find either a way from a formation standpoint that makes it a little bit easier? Or do they go to one of the experimental rules that they've used in the USFL or the XFL or whatever because of what you just said there? If if there's something on the back end of that that you actually feel like you can convert, running the ball and using a timeout is not the is not the end of the world. But we know that there's n- the onside kick is just an obsolete play. They've 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 eradicated it and eliminated it from the NFL. Something that existed, say like 15 years ago or 20 years ago, that was a yeah. Part there, were, of- there were four successful onside kicks all season. Right. So I guess they don't want teams to have miraculous comebacks at the end of games. Then they mu- they they must feel like it was too fluky. I don't know. It just it sucks that they score and you know it doesn't matter because there's like a one percent chance they recover the onside kick. It's anticlimactic at that point. Yeah, no, I, I we talked about it one of the other times this came up on a Sunday night game, right when we were doing the post game podcast. I like the the XFL for like fourth and 15. If you convert a 15 yard play, you can keep the ball. If you if, if the math says that that's too high and you want to make it 20, fine. But figure out what a 10% conversion would be and let them run a play. Like a like a league average 10% conversion and and go and put and put that as the number. 